Chapter Nineteen of Lion Ben of Elm Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Lion Ben of Elm Island by Elijah Kellogg. Chapter Nineteen. An Ungrateful Boy. It may seem very singular to some of our readers that Captain Rhines, whom we have spoken of as having a strong attachment to the soil, should express a willingness so soon to leave it. But this will not seem at all remarkable to any seafaring man whose eye may chance to glance over our pages. He had in early years been prevented from gratifying this inclination. On the other hand, his life from boyhood had been spent at sea, in company with seafaring men, and amid excitement and peril. The habits of years are not easily to be overcome, and as age had made no impression upon his iron constitution, after being at home a few months, an almost irresistible longing came over him, at times, to be once more among the very perils he had so congratulated himself upon having escaped, and to hear some talk except about barley and butter. He also, the moment he came home, began to make improvements, as he said, made things look shipshape. But this required money, and he missed the cash he was accustomed to receive at the end of a voyage. Besides, a trip to the West Indies seemed to the old sailor as mere recreation, which would enable him to carry out some of his farm produce as a venture, and to get his sugar, molasses, coffee, and rum. Had he abandoned the sea at Ben's age, before its habits had ripened into a second nature, it would have been another matter. John remained on the island a week. On his return, he received a warm welcome from Tige, who met him at the shore, and almost wagged his tail off. He was so glad to see him. He had been perfectly miserable without John, for they were inseparable companions. Not knowing how otherwise to express his joy, he began to take up sticks in his mouth and run about with them. "'Here, old fellow,' said John, "'if you want something to do, take these birds and carry them to the house for our dinner.' "'John,' said his father, "'have you had as good a time as you expected?' "'Oh, father, I never had such a good time in all my life. "'You know the brook?' "'Yes.' "'Well, it's the greatest place for frost-fish you ever did see. "'The sea-fowl come in there to drink, "'and there is the best chance to creep to them behind the wood. "'You never saw such a good dog to play as sailor is. "'You throw him a stone and he'll play half an hour with it. "'What's Tag been about, father, since I've been gone?' "'Well, when he went down to the beach watching for you, "'barking and whining,' He was smelling all round the barn and orchard and going up in your bedroom. He has rooted the clothes of your bed a dozen times to see if you was in it, and every night he has slept on your old jacket. The opinion expressed by John's mother that twas much better he should be on the island than in the company of some of the boys he went with grew out of the following circumstances. During the past summer, a boy by the name of Peter Clash ran away from a Nova Scotia vessel that came in for a harbour. Old Mr. Smullen had taken him in out of charity. This boy was eighteen years of age and belonged in Halifax, where, having the run of the streets and wharves, 
he learned all kinds of vice he was of a malicious disposition and intolerably lazy he soon made the acquaintance of all the boys in the neighbourhood but consorted chiefly with fred williams the miller's son john pettigrew isaac godso henry griffin and some others none of these boys would have been disposed to engage in any mischief beyond mere fun or that was injurious to any one's person or property if left to themselves they also had but little leisure as when not in school they were at work but peter who did very much as he pleased at old uncle smullen's had a great deal of spare time when he both planned mischief and persuaded the others to aid him in the execution he had been in the place but a month when he manifested his mean cowardly disposition by a trick that he played upon his benefactors the old people had fed clothed and sheltered him when he had no place to put his head for which the little labour he performed was by no means an equivalent as he generally contrived to be out of the way just when this help was needed in those days nobody thought of hauling up a year's stock of wood and having it cut and dried but they picked it up as they wanted it and hauled it home on a sled as wheels were by no means common in those days the old folks were in the habit of getting on the sled and riding out in the woods with peter helping him load and then riding back peter had found a large hornet's nest in a heap of beech limbs so he drives the sled right over it and stops the cattle when the enraged insects who were of the yellow-bellied kind and most cruel of stingers attacked the old people and stung them terribly as they were too feeble to get quickly away it was thought the old gentleman would never see again they then turned upon the oxen who frantic with fear and agony ran into the woods tore the sled in pieces against the trees and ran into the water where they would have been drowned but for joe bradish and captain rhines peter pretended that he didn't know the hornets were there and the kind old people believed him but it came out afterwards that he had done it on purpose he used also to torment small boys whenever he could get a good opportunity it was the influence of these boys which mrs rhines feared but she apprehended danger where none existed peter john despised as to the others they were too much below him in point of intelligence and force of character to exert any influence over him he was now in his fifteenth year very large of his age beautifully proportioned with his father's grey eyes and dark hair excelled in wrestling swimming and all kinds of boys sports and bade fair almost to rival ben in strength he had an eye that you could look right into as you can look down into the depths of a clear spring the whole expression of his face was so manly and frank it was felt at once to be an index of his character according to fred williams john rhines was just as full of principle as he could stick and the boys never thought of proposing to him any plan which their consciences told them was of doubtful morality john was less accessible to temptation for the reason that he loved out of doors and the stimulus his nature craved was of a healthy character he delighted in everything that required great physical force and endurance and we cannot but think 
that his wrestling, jumping, pulling up, and rough out-of-door sports of that period, though a man's leg was broken now and then, or someone killed outright, were infinitely preferable to the effeminate amusements of the present day, which turn boys into coxcombs and men milliners, and destroy both soul and body. Nothing was more agreeable to him than the pleasure derived from contrasts between great extremes. Those pursuits which promised neither peril nor hardship possessed for him very little attraction. He loved to fly through the water in a boat, with all the sail she would suffer, while the spray came by bucketfuls on to the side of his neck, and then, rounding a densely wooded point, run her into a calm, sunny nook among the green leaves, exchanging the dash of the cold spray and the shrill whistle of the wind for the warm sunshine and the song of the birds. His father used to say he believed that John would pound his finger for the sake of having it feel better when it was done aching. Not considering that the boy inherited his own temperament, and that he had manifested the same disposition, when, basking in the warmth of a blazing fire, filled to repletion with sea-pie and pudding, he told his wife how much the recollection of his past perils added to his present happiness. To complete the sum of John's attractions, his voice was naturally modulated to express every shade of feeling. As Uncle Isaac said, it came from the right place and went to the right place. End of chapter 19